This episode is sponsored by Furniture Box. Check them out in the description below. Guys, welcome back to the Ground Floor Podcast, the podcast where we are successful people exactly how they did it. Uh, our guests today are Jacob and Anthony of Stasha, which is a luggage storage solutions company, and Jacob and Anthony themselves have made it onto the Forbes 30 under 30 list, I believe. Which Ollie, is... I was just about to ask, when are these successful people arriving? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Anthony's also a comedian, apparently, as well. So I'll be gone now. Just trying to steal Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All good. Podcast is over. Um, but yeah, uh, guys, thanks so much for coming No, that. no, it's fine. That was great. No, I, I want to hear more. Can you want to hear more? <laughs> You're just so amazing. You're really. Um, yeah, no, guys, thanks so much for coming down. Seriously, really appreciate it. Yeah, um, thank you for having us. Really for, for the people that might not know, you can just give a quick kind of update of like what Stasher is, who you are, and, and how it came about. Yeah, Jake, do you want to start with Stasher and then I'll do the everything yeah, around it? Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Stasher is really simply a luggage storage platform. Airbnb for luggage is the one line description we use, but basically, if you ever find yourself traveling, you check out, your flight's not till later, you've got heavy bags that you don't know what to do with. You can drop them off at any one of our shops or hotel partners. Uh, works as simple as sort of train station lockers, but it's cheaper, more convenient, app-based, everything like that. And we had the idea years ago, we can tell you more about that in due course, um, but that we started in 2015 as mates out of uni and yeah. we're still stuck with each other here. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it can't, it can't have gone that bad. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, we'll, we'll also talk about this, I'm sure, but COVID was kind of like a very quiet pause period. Mm. Um, and, and we did pick up some things around that. Uh, so one thing we did was we set up a social enterprise, um, basically around connections for particularly e-commerce brands, but some others as well, um, and a little bit of consulting around um, the people's carbon footprints and also access to projects around tree planting, carbon offsetting, plastic recycling. Um, that we were, you know, we had a few kind of different product angles. We started consumer, then we went business, um, and then we also introduced the consulting. Um, uh, I, I mean being honest between us just didn't never quite found product market fit but still it runs profitably so we just keep it running in the side mm -hmm. at the moment mm -hmm. um and then the two other things we do are we run an angel investing syndicate that's not really that's i mean it's not really something that takes time it's not work um it's just as i'm sure a lot of people who listen to this probably are founders uh and maybe as a result of this people will will now do the thing i'm about to say but <laughs> you naturally as a founder get quite a lot of deal flow like you have a lot of friends or friends of friends who are like, oh, I'm starting a company. I see that you've done one and raised some money. Can I ask you some questions and send you a deck? Mm. Um, and so it became quite a natural thing where it's like, well, we're looking at all these decks and you don't want to be, you don't want to be, can, can we swear on this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't also, be, I would suggest turning, tilting the mic a little bit towards, pointing it down towards your mouth. That's perfect. Um, yeah. You is don't want to sit short, or is that? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> right. When we sit down, we're like the same height. Okay. This is going to be such a good episode. I'm so happy. Can't so many clips. This. Yeah. Um, so we, you've thrown me now, Jake. You know what, you're getting sent decks and you don't want to be overloaded that's with it, decks. That's it, that's it. So, yeah. so, well, no, you, it's not even that you don't want to be overloaded. Like, you, you know, the, within reason, I'll say no if, if I ask someone and it's a crazy idea. I once had someone who became a stalker. Uh, oh Jane, my God, Jane. Yeah. Jane Dang. Um, <laughs> I like, I, and I, I couldn't even tell if it was a bot or a crazy person, but they're like, I see that you liked someone's comment on uh, LinkedIn. What are you trying to communicate to me? It's like, nothing. Absolutely oh, nothing. Wow. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, like someone else's comment. I like, it's just like an innocuous, like, oh, you were hiring. Like, and they're like, what are you trying to say to me? Nothing. And then, and then. So completely unrelated to them. Yeah, completely. Yeah, it was like. Yeah. It, so that's like, I, I like his comment and you go, what are you saying to me? Exactly. That's exactly. It was weird. That's okay. And then at some point I blocked <laughs> it on LinkedIn and then they found me on Facebook and started messaging me on Facebook. <laughs> what? Really? I know, I know. Yeah. And then recently I was looking at like my message requests, I think, because of Facebook Marketplace. Place, and I still was getting these messages months afterwards. It's crazy. Whoa. With some people, it's uh, so strange. It was also not making sense. So I was like, I think it might be a bot. I can't yeah. tell. 
It was the cross-platform thing that was... I was a little suspicious it might be one of our devs. We like to play pranks, but there was... That's a very good prank. There was a time There was a time that we had a back-end developer and we convinced him that I was a chess prodigy. Oh, this was great. But I would actually just put the moves against like a top-level thing and play it back to him. Uh, and we were literally on. sitting next to each other in the office, so I just plugged your move, his move yeah, into exactly. the computer, got the best move back. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. And we were, um, I remember this went on for ages, and one time we're playing, and he, we finished the game, I beat him, obviously, talking the talk, and he says, well, I can't believe this. He does the analysis, I'm like, what is it? He says, you played the best possible move <laughs> 95% of the time. Yeah. And, and I, I say to him, wow. And he says, you need to play in competition. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have the time. I don't, I don't, not, I don't do it for the glory. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I did that when I was a kid. And you know, now, now I'm done <laughs> yeah. with that. But sorry, yeah, yeah. Back, back to... So we this do was a syndicate. in the syndicate. We do a syndicate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, people invest. Uh, sorry, we have a list of, uh, of people that we know through work or have friends and family now as we get older. Um, you know, some of our friends actually have some money. Um, and a lot of them want to access investment in startups, don't know how. And so basically, it's an email list. We just send out like, hey, we're okay. investing in this. You're welcome to join. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to our friends at Odin, who we used to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third thing is, well, the fourth thing, sorry. We do a lot of things, but these are all... Sm- no, I love it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A lot of things, it all came before, after COVID. Before COVID, we just dashed back. Yes. Okay. And, um, and, and we still we still have that as like yes. by far the main focus. Yes. But, yeah. um, but we also uh, run a podcast. Which is why we're so comfortable behind microphones, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Although now people can see our faces, I feel weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah I, should, I should say that podcast is audio only. So this yeah, is, uh, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, Jake said we're not good looking enough for video before we. I don't think that's this. the case. Though. I, oh, that's the case. I feel like that's I a little fish. Oh, Tell us how successful this. we are again. <laughs> <laughs> the most successful people we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> where, where are that's great. Wow. Okay. So a lot of different things then. Yes. With, with the angel list, how does that work? Is it like do you do you get like a, a kind of finders fee or a commission off it, or is it purely just kind of like? Oh no. Uh, to, in fairness, we do we don't charge any fees. Uh, well, there is a small fee for setting up the syndicate. But that's not money we're taking. It's yeah. just process. And anyone who's raised money before will know, like, there's always a little bit of transaction fee, right? Whether it's some legal cost or something to do with how you yeah. process the money or something like that. Um, so there is a little fee for that. I get smaller the more that people yeah. put in. Um, and we do take a small carry on the profit. Um, it does still take time and effort to, like, write up your investment case, put it out, etc. Mm-hmm. cetera. Sure. Um, so we take, like, a 10% carry on profit. It's aligned, like, we don't make anything if you don't make anything. Yeah. yeah. I was yeah, going to yeah. say that's the essential feature. It's only it's only on the upside. Yeah. So. Mm. That makes sense. And who, which companies have you invested in? So Ooh. So done a few. Yeah. Done a few. Good what, to shout them out. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, uh, ironically, the company that we use the software to run the SPVs, Special Purpose Vehicles, Syndicate Investments, through, uh, is called Odin. It is one that we... Didn't, yeah, that was uh, a really meta yeah. investment. Meta one, <laughs> syndicate investment in, in the syndicate to in Odin. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that was one. Another one that I'm quite proud of um, is Well Easy. You might have heard of him. Actually, I'll refer you. You should get him on the pod. Um, a couple of young guys who run basically a... Think of it as like... What's that American brand? Costco, where, Costco, where you have like a subscription. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then they yeah, take yeah. really small margins on the products. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's focused all on health foods and harder to find okay. keto oh, foods nice. or like niche diets yeah. and things like that. So it's like a wholesaler. It's, so it's a wholesaler that you have a membership to... Yeah. Um, it's and, all online though, right? Yeah, and it's all online. Oh, okay, nice. so, so cost, Costco bit for e-com, yeah. essentially. For healthy e-com, yeah. Yeah, healthy I, e-com, yeah, I think there's like an American competitor called Thrive, so that's okay. probably the best analogy to look at. I've heard of Thrive, up. I think. Okay. Yeah, so that, there's some big players, and they're they're doing amazingly well, and especially with the pressure of COVID, have done so good at leaning their business, hmm. at leaning out their business whilst... Why is it leaning out, not leaning in? 
Sure, Sandberg Quinn. Well, you're, you're getting rid of all yeah. the fat, probably. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. you think it's like leaning, like get, tightening up. You're going leaning. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, they got really good at leaning out the business whilst actually growing the business. So just focusing on the stuff okay. that matters, mm. which is one thing. Like I think too many people raise too much money, and then it, they, you just get lazy. Mm. Yeah, you it's, just get complacent. That's it. It's like it's like the like the Conor McGregor effect. When you have too much money, you're not hungry anymore. <laughs> yeah. It's have tough. you seen the trailer of the new documentary? Uh, the, yeah, well, I, I was listening to. Actually, I haven't seen it. I've seen the trailer. I haven't yeah. seen the documentary, but I listened to people talking about it. Oh, no, it is. It oh, is. it is. I think so. It's on Netflix. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I like Notorious. That Notorious was, was so good. Notorious mm. was so good. sick. That was inspiring. I think he's a really interesting example of like mindset, uh, like such an impressive mindset, but then also like that mindset of like, oh, I want it. I'm hungry. I'm going to win. It just doesn't, it doesn't work anymore once you've won. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's true. Yeah. Like, I think that's yeah. the thing with him, though. He's invested in so many different areas that actually now he can just relax a little bit more. Mm. That's you it. Know, he's got Netflix coming to him to make a follow up documentary. He's, he's got, got proper his, 12 whiskey. He's got proper yeah. 12 yeah. whiskey. Yeah. He's got his pub in Ireland. Drink it down. He loves his proper he 12. Does. He does love that. He's like yeah. The Rock. Like, The Rock will do that. Like, he's got with his tequila. Taramana tequila. Yeah. But he'll, like, the, Rock will, the Rock's like a genius marketer. Genius marketer. Like, he's got such like power over his brand in such an interesting way. Way. but like he'll post a video on his instagram and it will just be like just having my sunday cheat meal got my eggs got my bacon and a glass of terramana and i'm like <laughs> wash it down like we're working hard we're earning it and i'm yeah. like i see what you did there yeah. i see it and i like it yeah i'm taking my trousers off Dwayne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um okay yeah. But, um, that's, that's something we should try to come back to influencer businesses but karen yes i would like to cycle back yeah that would be interesting but first yeah. i want to cycle back to stasha because mm. i want yes. to know uh i think so the main thing obviously the main premise of our podcast is people that literally start something up and mm -hmm. I think a lot of business podcasts they'll focus on the kind of big picture stuff but they mm -hmm. won't actually go into the granular of like yeah. I would have no idea how you even get places on board or find space you have to mm -hmm. buy lockers all that kind of thing mm -hmm. so I'm a complete layman when it comes to your business cool. um, as I think is Keith probably so take me through the very beginning how do you even go about setting up a company like Stasha I love that you call him Skeeth um, yeah I do that as a reflex you and do, yeah, when, yeah. when people call him James I can't <laughs> I find that way people call me yeah. James a lot of the time yeah. Yeah. I double take um, so okay we were particularly lucky right because because we set up a marketplace business and actually increasingly this is the case we started seven eight years ago um, there was actually like a off the shelf product that we could use that was basically like here's a marketplace as a service and it's called share tribe it's still around mm. um and i think some meaningfully sized businesses use it as their tech with some customization on top uh so we kind of didn't have the initial technical problem that a lot of people have like report having um it wasn't a perfect fit and at some point we kind of outgrew it but it was like for mvp purposes perfect and the actual thing is now that i'm on the other side as well where i do some investing my number one thing is like you have no excuse to not have some sort of MVP. Like you can, mm. you know, say we had to do that back then. You could hack, nowadays you could hack something together with like Zapier yeah. and like simple mm. landing yeah. pages so on Webflow. Tools. There's so many tools you can stitch together. Um, so how we did it, we were lucky there was a product as a service. For most people, it's like, can you ad adapt some sort of WordPress website? Can you adapt some sort of Shopify? Like most things that you want to do, you could do that. Could you adapt something as simple as a mailing list or, or to, to register interest? Um, sorry, rephrase the exact question. Have I, have I touched it? Uh, sort of. We mm. could, yeah, we could probably rewind a little bit to the origin story, though. Yes. Right? Yeah, that'd yeah, be good. yeah, that's yeah, kind that'd of what I'm good. curious yeah. about. Right, right, right. The okay. very, the, and the very first idea came, well, winding back even further. So I said, Ant and I were friends at uni. Mm. Uh, we did. It's a, a lie. We weren't. <laughs> <laughs> we were best friends. <laughs> uh, but we did a combination of economics, I did business, Ant did PPE. Mm. Uh, but essentially, we were united in one respect by our 
enthusiasm around business are like we we always said oh, it'd be great to go into business together That's i like, like how you, you guys were saying you, you yeah. phrase it positively i remember it negatively i remember we're like i don't want to be a banker i don't want to be a, <laughs> yeah. i don't want to be a consultant yeah <laughs> twin motivation yeah. 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 in the same place yeah. um anyway we got to the summer after we left uni uh i i was moving to london to a master's and was moving for a job in a digital market agency and we thought this year would be the perfect year to kind of try something out and we can mm. just like test something and see see what we learn um the original idea came, it's maybe worth you telling the story, but yep. it, it came from Ant's brother uh, living in London and then yep. the, the frustrations was, that we experienced. Yeah, my brother lived, well, my brother went to uni, he went to City Uni in central London and between terms, you know, you're usually kicked out of mm -hmm. whatever accommodation you're in if you're using uni accommodation or people go home or whatever, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, amongst that and other reasons, we were living between Euston and King's Cross. I moved in with him after I finished uni and people were just always asking to leave stuff uh, at our house and alongside the fact that we were interested anyway like jake mentioned he was doing a master's at ucl and they had like this startup program and we're like okay we'll take something through this program yeah yeah um and yeah. the original it, idea was actually super wide it was just like ah like airbnb for storage um and i really it was more people's homes and it was yeah. more mid to long-term storage the, right. the way we originally began was exactly that and it, i i vividly remember and like while we were trying to come up with ideas and then text me being like, Airbnb for bags, Airbnb yeah, for yeah, bags, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Yeah. So the idea of like someone who might be traveling, you can leave your shit at my place for a few days. Yes, yeah. although the traveling part did come kind of later. I mean, yeah, it yeah. was always, I guess it was always sort of fundamental to you're going away from where your stuff needs to be. Yeah. yeah. But, and it's right, like it started with this very open-ended storage proposition of like, oh, people have space, people have stuff, whatever we could kind of yeah, yeah. combine them like this. It's a great idea. Thank, Thank you. you. Well, uh, well, actually, um, no negative statement. Well, semi, we chose not to do it. Semi-negative statement on people who pursued that. We did more research, and part of the reason that we ended up running a, a luggage storage business, which I would really describe as like a travel services business that happens to provide storage, yeah, right. not really a storage business. Um, part of the reason we did that is because we looked mm. at the economics of it, and it was like, look, if we're going to crowdsource space for storage, like actually, if you look at self-storage, it's really cheap for a lot of space, and any time that you're storing more than a few days, it just makes sense to bother doing the trip out somewhere where the space is cheaper. Right. Um, so what we kind of realized was, basically, it was actually from a pricing problem. It was like, mm. oh, we have these people who want to leave stuff for one day. It doesn't make sense to mm. charge, you know, if, if you charge five pounds for a box for a month, what do we charge someone for a bag for a day? And we kind of realized that like the pricing curve looks really weird. Mm. And we're like, actually, it's because these are totally different services serving different needs. We did more research on the market and we're like, actually, the, the bags for the day because you need the premium space yeah. makes way more sense we can access it because we can access the storage spaces um, and so we kind of put our houses live um, and ironically despite the fact that I live by King's Cross I think Jake actually had the first I booking the first ever bag it was actually a okay. guy yeah. who came to watch Leeds v Charlton uh, and I live in like near Greenwich near yeah. so, between Charlton not and really London so you had to catch a flight to get his bag it's amazing the fees must have crippled you <laughs> but they stored uh, they stored the first ever bag on the platform they uh, they were going to a football game and, mm. and just needed somewhere to leave it for the afternoon there was okay. nothing in the area but uh, actually that sort of unintentionally became one of the beautiful things about the MVP we ran where people were storing it in our houses was we got direct face-to-face -face interviews mm. with all our first customers and despite well Jake's was actually it's still a relevant uh, subsection like we have a lot of people doing events but like the most common thing we found was people were leaving it at my house because I was literally by yeah. the British Library between Houston King Cross and everyone's like oh well station facilities were either full or too expensive or whatever yeah and we're like okay so this is the problem that we're 
or like I've just checked out my Airbnb, yeah. didn't have anywhere to leave my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It, it very quickly pointed us to this like short-term travel yep. use case. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was when we kind of hit on the problem of like, well, we don't mind providing the service in our houses. Uh, it's okay. I mean, I, I remember actually I, I had a few times where people would book and then <laughs> I'd come leave a lecture to go and like let them in or out. Okay. And, then, and then they'd cancel. And I was like, so oh, annoying. for God's yeah. sake. Like, that's so annoying. That's, that's a really good point though, just just on that, because I, I, I don't really travel that much, but yeah. I've noticed mm-hmm. a few times that I have traveled, there is always that thing of on the day you check out of the hotel, mm. you're not leaving the city maybe for like seven hours, but you don't yeah. want to lug your shit around the whole city. Mate, we've been, so we've, 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 so you're sort of just We've been talking for 15 minutes. Have you just... That's the problem. Yeah. No, I know, but I think it's when, it's when it hits on like a personal level, I'm like, that's such a good point. Yeah, yeah sorry, sorry, I'm just making yeah. fun. But um, I don't like jokes. <laughs> I'm the only one who makes jokes around. Yeah. I am the king of jokes. I'm gonna start playing soundboards in a bit. But yes, that that is exactly it. Yeah. You know, the funniest thing is as well when we talk to investors. Um, obviously, a lot of this is driven by Airbnb. You can still use it for your hotel. Maybe the hotel is not convenient or whatever, right? Like, like you just said, you know, yeah. you might have a hotel in one area, need to go to another area. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, but it's largely Airbnb guys because there is no reception, right? Mm-hmm. And often, if you're a hotel, they'll keep it for you. And so often, we had the experience: you talk to an investor and you explain the proposition. And it just doesn't resonate personally because they're like, I don't get it. Why don't you just leave it at your hotel? And then your Why chauffeur your will chauffeur? take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's that? The classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even think that. about bringing my chauffeur. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Uh, we're like, no, trust me. People, like, I mean, we've had people, we've had um, investors we've spoken to before. And this is at the point where like thousands of people are booking a day. Or, or somewhere in the range of hundreds to thousands of people mm-hmm. booking a day, and they're like, "I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't think people will use it." And it's like, <laughs> there is a proof of concept. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's sort of yeah. Yeah. It's a business yeah. that turns over millions of pounds. Yeah. 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 Empirically, you are wrong. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but sorry, coming back, coming back to what we were saying. Yeah. So we were doing it in the homes. It was great because we got to talk to the people. Mm-hmm. It was primarily travel focused. It was short term focused. We realized that like it makes sense to pay the premium to store super central mm. when you have this use case. Because then it's not you're not competing with the mid to long term storage alternative of like anytime you're doing mid to long term it's like why don't I just move it somewhere cheaper right mm-hmm. either the customer or whatever service it is um, and the other thing we realized was we we're doing it in our homes we should clarify we don't do it in homes now yeah that's um, actually really worth spelling yeah, yeah. out right? yeah. it was I think if if I remember correctly or maybe I have created a romanticized story in my head but I'm pretty sure this is it I'm pretty sure Jake said to me. And why don't we sign up the Nisa across the street from you? Mm. And I'm pretty sure I said no because then they'll bother me every time I go buy milk. However, however, we did end up signing them up, and they became one of the top hosts on the platform they and worked for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Still, oh, wow. still, yeah, they still must be somewhere in the top. Well, at this yeah. point, somewhere Overall, in the top fifty or hundred or something. Yeah. Yeah. And is that what? Do they get a fee or something? Or? Yeah, so they get paid per bag they store. So this is the other thing about the business that makes it much more interesting than self storage in people's homes, right? If you think about something like Airbnb or whatever, they're they're true marketplaces. Mm. In that like you know they offer a service the person providing the space can can charge what they want and they take a commission on it and that commission is like 20 percent because yeah. the amount that the person makes needs to be large enough to incentivize it sure one of the reasons we were like we need to move out of people's homes is because no one else is going to rush home mm. to make and have to communicate with the guest this was the other thing there's like, a bottleneck there isn't there yeah, yeah, yeah it's, like, it's not making enough for them to open to open the door for random people and um i immediately lost what the second thing was. oh the second thing was that like um, the inconvenience, the, in- the, the risk of things going wrong. The amount that we'd have to give them yeah. of the amount. I mean, the amount's not interesting enough anyway. Um, and they need to communicate back and forth, which is not tenable. Mm. Um, it, it, it just didn't make sense. The thing we realized was with businesses, they're open anyway. They have a storefront, so it's really clear where yeah. you go. They have CCTV security features, yeah, yeah. which exactly. is quite nice. And then the other thing was that because it's an ancillary service, like these guys are open anyway. They're monetizing space they have. Mm. Um, and this is a totally new service, right? Um, 
we could take a much much higher commission mm. right we were, we were we suddenly realized that wait a second like you know if you're charging five pounds six pounds per bag like you know no one no one has a preset idea of what they should be paid for that mm. and especially with the shop they're getting value because people are coming through the door right if you think parcel services they pay pennies for you to keep the parcel yeah, yeah. and their argument is it's bringing people into your shop and this yeah. was actually the benchmark that we were then able to use to say this is why you should try us it's it's very similar to a parcel based service but you're storing bags you're getting tourists there yeah. you know you yep. can, you can and you make more money and you make more money, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make yeah. more money per bag exactly do so. you sign up individual shops then or if you sign up like nisa for example is it is that like every single store that nisa has within a certain area that's or, so that was how we that did to it's begin different with. layers yeah okay. so to begin with it's like an ogre just <laughs> <laughs> keep peeling away the onions <laughs> like an onion yeah <laughs> make it dry yeah. um yeah it, it, just like you're saying we're in the early days i remember we so we signed up ants store across we signed up news agents yeah. and that was the easiest was way to get just us walking around yeah we used okay. to honestly we used to walk around like knock on their doors try and chat to the owners and we must have got the first 10 or 20 or probably up to 100 that way what we wanted to do at that point was get hotels uh it was just harder to sell into hotels but once why we was got that there, i'm it, curious it just, to know what kind just, of objections you guys were getting when you were approaching these can places. i speculate yeah. Go on. yeah go i feel like the main objection you would get is the fact that they're like premium and they're like what's this weird tech app yeah. thing i don't yeah. i don't know i don't people so definitely people... definitely premium ones we still don't work with like four or five star hotels yeah like it, it doesn't make sense it's yeah, yeah. it's like a two three star hotel premier in for example in the uk they're yeah. one of our bigger like hotel yeah. clients yeah, yeah. and yeah, that's yeah. that's a perfect kind of pitch level yes uh, and actually so we'll come back to, to objections in a second and some funny stories um but uh on, on what you're saying so so actually even now it's like a there's like a three-tier sales system where it would be like um you know there is literally calling places going into places and you know that's between the team and now relatively sort outsourced uh, like you work with cold callers, you work with on the ground people. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like, go to an individual okay, shop, yeah, yeah. hey, do you want to sign up? There's like a mid-level where it's like, talk to regional groups who manage shops, hotels, whatever, right? Yeah. And then there's a high level where it's like, this will largely be us or like some of our most senior staff. It's like, you need to mingle with the right people at, ne at networking events, conferences, yeah, yeah. etc., And you want to sign a deal with like large hotel groups. Or yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that, yeah, that's uh, more like hundreds. It's like, yeah. right. oh, I want to, I want to onboard this entire hostel group or hotel group or whatever. Okay. Got you. Uh, so it's like three levels to that, which is interesting because obviously normally for a lot of, um, for a lot of people who are selling a product, say for example, a SaaS product, you kind of want to pick the one and focus on it. Mm -hmm. um, and it's true for us as well. Like we, we've built strength in certain areas and that's also how we differentiate. So for us, it's really focusing on hotels. Uh, and we think that's going to translate into business, uh, business value. But um, also because it's a platform, we kind of don't want to narrow too much. Like you, you kind of, you have to balance. There's diminishing returns to different things you focus on. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing, objections. Okay. Um, love this. So it's funny how originally like everyone was really weird about it obviously security was a big thing people were like oh yeah. but what are people leaving in the bags etc um and i really don't mean to be blasé about it but it's it's you know say for example a hotel like oh security like random people leaving their bags it's like well you have random people leaving their bags in the rooms yeah. like it's funny how it's just mental and then at some point you have a certain amount of validation no one worries about that anymore mm -hmm. but in, at the beginning people you know you have a little corner shop uh, and they're like well someone's gonna someone's gonna leave something dangerous here and it's like well two things right like one, I, I like to say that the um, the uh, the marginal the marginal cost of of criminality is not going to be 
you know, massively, imaginal price of, of criminality is not going to ma massively change because you're on this platform. Like, there's not anyone who's like, I wasn't going to do something bad, but now it's so easy yeah. to, to <laughs> leave my yeah. 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 Well, go on. Yeah. It's like if someone if if someone wants to to do this, like they'll just yeah. come in and just leave the stuff without booking yeah, it, right? Please. Like when you're not looking. Mm -hmm. um, which again, I don't mean to say like we have a lot of uh, like security procedures. People, I mean, it's basic things like, well, look, now someone has to actually book mm. show ID upon arrival that matches the details they booked with, and so. You know, even if they did something bad, like we can identify who it was, and that itself is a huge incentive not to. Exact same mm. as a hotel check-in. Yeah, I'm mm. with you. Yep. Um, okay. Go on. Well, mine's sort of off the objections point. Go on. Um, but uh, in terms of the very beginning when you were doing it from mm. your houses, I'm guessing you had an app from the beginning. That's how you were no, doing it. No, we had a website. Like, but you had yeah. a website. Okay. Yeah. And so how were you marketing that? Because I, okay. I, when it comes to like sexy businesses, hmm. you can do a lot more kind of influence related stuff. But for something okay. that's more like, not sexy, but highly practical. It's, it's functional. Tons, it's tons, functional. Functional. Exactly. tons of stuff on how this. Do you, how do you do that? Okay. So it's not just that it's functional in terms of brand. It's also functional in that like it is extremely time sensitive, right? Mm. And so the most relevant thing is someone searches luggage storage place, right? That is like super high intense signal. The demographics are going to be super wide. You don't yeah. target people with demographics. You target them by them saying, "I am looking for luggage storage in this place." Um, so search is one, and it was like it was like PPC in like the yeah. '90s, right? Like you could, I think Google was out by the '90s. No, late '90s. It was when it was like it was like, well, like, it was like PPC in the noughties. Right. Um, like you know, <laughs> yeah. we were getting clicks for like 10p, 15p. Okay. So right. we were actually like acquiring. We were just advertise on luggage storage kings cross and people would convert affordably other yeah. thing was forum posts things like that travel forums were pretty good we'd post yeah. in like sort of trip advisor forums stack exchange yeah, so where people are saying like, where yeah. can i leave my bags and we'd be like oh right. well we know this great service yeah. 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 That's yeah. Yeah. Forums. you can never be the guy that's like i run this or yeah. they'll yeah. be like yeah. you're spamming you have to be yeah. like dude i heard Eventually. about this cool thing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a profile like like cool. that has like one post on it yeah like five posts but they're all posting about this thing i just really love this service fortunately now it happens organically it's amazing now actually just that like on reddit we see people all the time who'll be like where can i leave my stuff and someone will pop up and just say oh yeah i've used stashy before yeah. It's, yeah. it's so nice That's compared to the nice days to when that yeah, was yeah, us yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um but oh we've also now had times where like you're using some other service talking to their customers like a random SaaS or whatever software mm. service talking to their customer support and it's like by the way i love your service and it's like oh you cutie yeah Give me, can i yeah, have a discount um but back to when we were in-person selling ppc um, was the key for the market ppc was key ppc yeah. and seo over time right um and so that it's still true to this day like the majority of our acquisition is people searching luggage storage in place uh that and and now typical travel businesses because all of them have this acute timing issue um referrals from other travel businesses so particularly people be, managing airbnb i was going to say that could be anything from like your individual airbnb host all the way up to like airbnb kind of chains okay. within yep. airbnb who run loads of properties also like theater groups, theater groups uh, stadium and just started pages, working blogs. with wicked, wicked um, the musical theater okay. yeah, um, really? Delphine, macintosh so all yeah. those the know. thing is we say working working is quite grandiose it's like they it, put it, a link to us in the faq so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's so simple and it actually generates so much money like yeah. just like reliable money for the sake of just emailing them like hi put this in your faqs you'll get 10%. Like it's so simple. That's the great thing about having a business where you're you're literally I mean I guess listed is one way to put it but it's like um uh we had a company on uh, called Charged Up. Yeah, yeah we know Hugo really well. Yeah, 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 so yeah. and and you, I I love Hugo's model because it's literally like once you've got the venue the, mm -hmm. the traffic is built in. Yeah. The mm -hmm. main problem so many businesses have is trying to get that traffic and it's like do we do it through marketing? Do we do it through PPC or yeah. social media? And mm. that's great like having something built in where when you sign a client you also get footfall in a, in a way. Yeah, in yeah, some yeah. ways he, in some ways he gets that better than we do just because yeah. the nature of the way people find his product there's like a sort of physical install sure, whereas yeah. with ours 
uh, put stickers and we stuff. We put but stickers so you do get some amount of that. True. But at the moment, we're, we're very responsible for driving it through. The, so the journey is more you're in Kingsroth right. Station, you search for this thing, you book it, and it shows you where to go to the shop and drop yeah. it. Yeah, we so would love to capitalize more on that, yeah. to be well, fair. Um, yeah. What does the lifetime value of a customer look like for you guys? Because I assume that when they luggage come in. Luggage storage or host? Luggage storage. Yeah. So when they come in, I assume obviously they make they purchase the luggage storage and they leave mm. it there. And then do mm-hmm. they then use that kind of platform further down the line and, and okay. return to it? Or what's so, the... Without giving away specifics, because competitors are always watching. <laughs> um, we'll do that I, off the I, app. Yeah. <laughs> I can tell you that, um, I can tell you that the, the repeat rate is like, considering the product, very high, people okay. are very sticky, but in it's practical real terms, it's low because, you know, really how often do you need to store a bag? Yeah. Maybe a couple yeah. times a year. Yeah. It's, right? it's yeah. irregular, I think, is the, yeah, a good okay. way to describe it. Like every month, we'll see loads of customers who we've seen before, and yeah. that's great. But yeah. the same customers, you can't predictably say, yeah. oh, this person's yeah, yeah, yeah. next month. Yeah. So, next so month. if yeah. you need to store a bag again, and we are in that place, you are quite likely to use us again. Yeah. Uh, the problem is how often do you need to store a bag? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say basically all of this, I, I kind of use this mental model where people, it's amazing how often you meet someone and it's like, and they, they've heard about your business for two minutes and they're like, have you thought about Facebook ads? And oh, it's like, oh, dude. Oh, genius. Oh, I didn't even think about that. What? Did they wow. let you do ads on Facebook? Crazy. <laughs> I remember once, this is, it's like, I, I, I did a show once and it was like a competition yeah. and uh, this woman heckled me halfway yeah. through my set and I was like already like, okay, whatever got through it and then I ended up winning the competition Ooh, and, then it, and then cheers. that is and the biggest in your face <laughs> yeah, was, yeah, yeah. and then after the show everyone's coming up to me like oh well done I'm like oh thanks and then she comes up to me and I'm like okay she can be like hey. I remember this I was actually yeah. there for you yeah, for that you were. I, I remember and that. I thought yeah, she yeah. was going to come up and be like oh I'm so sorry I was. I think I had a bit too much drink she comes up and she goes you know that Thailand bit have you thought about adding in a line and I'm like are you fucking <laughs> you just heckled me and you're giving me notes it's insane so that's hilarious I love that this yeah. is I mean, it's it still happens to this day to be fair people yeah. like will hear stuff and give you advice it used to happen way more in the early days yeah, yeah. People, you know have you thought about facebook ads? Yeah. that's so yeah. funny yeah. Yeah. All the time. social media instagram's really good yeah. Yeah. my, yeah. my yeah. grandkids always talk about instagram yeah. 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 what do you think of that but um the, the kind of the mental model i use or mental like the, the mathematical model that i use is that to explain to people why we don't do these things same reason we don't do like big billboards right a lot of people are like why don't you do big billboards the big problem is people aren't aware of the service the problem is if you think about the the people who do those things, and those are the people you're competing with, that's how much they're willing to pay for it, um, the equation of the value is going to be something like uh, value or lifetime value of the customer uh, times by number of people that it applies to uh, times by propensity for them to buy the thing, right? So to take a couple examples, mortgage stuff, right? Yeah. Um, number of people that it applies to, actually quite small. Uh, propensity to buy also quite small. How often do you need to sort your mortgage? Yeah. However, value of the thing, really, really, really big, yeah. which is why you see ads for property stuff, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Another example would be something like um, makeup, right? Value of the thing, eh, kind of medium, you know, like it's, it's a normally calm basket, it might be 100 pounds, right? Yeah. However, number of people it applies to, 50% of the population, yeah, yeah. maybe, you know, because of age, call it 40, 30%. Maybe more and excluding gender norms. Just it, so. yeah, that's true. That's true. Sorry, I did not, I did not mention yeah, that. Uh, well done, Jake. Yeah. And then, uh, ne- then the back. Right. There you go. <laughs> thank thank you. 2023. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then the, so the last bit was just um, propensity to buy, right? Yeah. A lot of e-commerce products like, like makeup, you could be convinced to buy at any point, right? The problem for us is LTV mid slash low. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, audi- audience is very large, in audience fairness. Is big. Um, 
but the propensity to buy also low. The, the thing I always say is, if we had coupons and we went out and gave them like, you could do the same for Airbnb, and that's you know quite that's much bigger. If you went out yeah, and said, hey, free free luggage storage, free Airbnb, and you were giving it around London, right? Majority of people would be like, that, and it's like you have to use it today though. Majority of people would be like, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. The timing is the thing that's really important. So for that reason, like Facebook ads, top of line, like out of home ads. Mm unless we can target them really well around like stations and things yeah. like that. But then also there's other people who have reasons to pay a lot for that. It, 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 we need to find more affordable ways to acquire that traffic. What I would say though with that, if you ever do see us doing Facebook ads, yeah. <laughs> is there will be a point where mathematically that may rebalance in terms of just the size of the audience. Like once we yeah. get enough mass awareness, yeah. it could be that that equation Exactly, breaks. exactly. Uh, and it, it's just measuring where that point is tracking yeah. effectively and, well, it's, and it's, it's also just I like to call it like the Rabina effect with these things I know that people have said before like oh a brand needs to be mentioned eight times before you and it's true right like if you're drinking a glass of water and you put a single drop of Rabina in like you may as well not have put the right yeah. it's a waste of Rabina yeah. right um, it's only worth doing once you can pour enough, enough Rabina yeah. Yeah. So, yeah so this is covering for if we do experiment with <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. at um, some point that will add yeah. up hey guys I just wanted to take a second to talk about our sponsor for this episode Furniture Box Furniture Box is an online furniture retailer that makes awesome products for everywhere from your bedroom to your office now we actually had Monty and Dan the co-founders on our show that's how we met we loved their story and we hung out with them afterwards and we knew that we wanted to work with them and here's the thing one of the biggest issues I have when Whenever I've ordered furniture in the past is that certain big name furniture companies, not naming any names, will charge you a fairly large fee for delivery. And even then that delivery usually takes a few days, if not longer. With Furniture Box, not only do they offer free next day delivery, but they're now planning on extending their delivery cutoff even more so that you can literally order a dining set as late as 8 p.m. and be eating dinner on it the next day. So to put it simply, there's no one in the UK furniture scene that's doing anything like what they're doing. And we're thrilled to have them as our sponsor. So click the link in the show notes and check them out. Now back to the episode. Uh, objection yeah. story. Jake has one. I have one. Um, so we're walking around. Sorry, jumping back to when we we're talking about signing yeah. people up in person, right? Yeah. I will continue with more maths around the business model in a second. We can just keep asking the questions too. Yeah. 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 We will come back to questions, but this is a good story. We're walking around and I was by Paddington and we we're like, we need to get a hotel here. And there's this little square oh, right man. next to it with tons of hotels, right? <laughs> I'm going into one, going into another. And you know, it's also, it's personally grinding. Everyone should do hard sales at some point in their life. Agreed. You agreed, agreed. You know this. I've done hard yep. sales in person. Yeah. I've done street sales. It's character building. You know, it's, it's seriously, it's seriously is. When you talk the fuck off to your face, yeah, 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 it exactly. changes you. Changes yeah. and, you. Then you, and you have to like, okay, and walk yeah. away. And, and then next one. Thank you for your time. That's great. Yeah. Honestly, the most important thing to like, so many people are afraid of starting businesses because they're like, oh, but how am I going to do stuff? It's like, just ask, ask for stuff. Go and do the stuff. We don't underestimate just the power of asking. So true. We say that all the time. So true. So, Going hotel to hotel, it's a grind. Getting nose, getting nose, getting nose. I have a story about how we did eventually get a hotel there. Um, but anyway, going from hotel to hotel, go into one, and I'm like, I'm not taking no from this guy. I go in, I start talking, and the guy's like, Ah, oh, yes, but sir, I'm like, No, 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 wait, hear me out. I know you're about to say this, you know, your objections would be, uh, I don't have space. Don't worry, you only need like literally a back room. It's a tiny, tiny. He says, Yeah, but sir, but I'm like, No, no, no. Hear me out, okay? I know you're going to say, how much money can I make, right? You can make uh, this much per month. Don't worry about it. He's, yeah, but sir, I'm like, no, I know. <laughs> Safety, don't worry. It's the exact same as a hotel check. And he says, but sir, this is the consulate for the Sultanate of Brunei. You <laughs> <laughs> can still make it work. Yeah. <laughs> you got a back room. Get him on the blower. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
was like, ah, uh, I, I accept your rejection in this yeah. one ca- in this one case. Yeah, yeah. I'm defeated now. Yes. That's fair. I, that is fair. Okay. It looked like a really nice hotel. I bet it did. Yeah, I bet it did. Funnily enough, I had an identical story with a slightly different punchline. Exact same setup. I was there. Like I'm determined. Like I've been through enough hotels and hostels. I'm gonna get a yes out of this one. So I go to the Star Hotel hostel. Sorry, in Belfast, and I'm going through the same process as Ant, like handling all these objections before he's got the chance to say it. And he says, "This is like a, a homeless shelter hostel." <laughs> wow. Okay. I was, like, yeah. I, was like, I was just like, I'll shut myself yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, like, oh, oh, discounted <laughs> rates, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you could really do with extra revenue. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> there's, there's, there's potential for a bottom line here. Yeah. We can exactly. figure it out. Um, I want to go back to when you actually got the website and everything set up. Yes. Um, initial startup capital for this kind of business. Uh, how much was it? And also, if you could, if you could maybe talk to how much it cost when you actually turned it into a proper app and made it more full scale too. Okay. Mm. Okay. So. Uh, to start up, I think we literally put like a hundred quid in each. Two hundred pounds in each to begin yeah. with, and then later we put five hundred pounds yeah. in each yeah. once the ads machine is kind of working. And our, I think our rule was like, if we can't make it make sense with this money, then we'll just leave it, pursue another project later. Um, and because we'd found this out of the box marketplace as a as a software solution, that it was, worked. It was forty pounds a month. It's yeah. actually amazing. So it, I think we, we I think that the, the the mindset we had was like, we have six months to see if we can make this like mm-hmm. you know give us enough signals we should pursue it further, and then we put in a bit more to do the ads. Um, then the second step was um, we'd actually emailed, cold emailed the CEO of Big Yellow Storage. Um, nice guy, Jim. You replied. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He was okay. like, see again, love that. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, this, is, yeah. this is actually a ridiculous story because it was the first cold email we ever sent writing out for investment as was well. It? And okay. we kind of pitched it as like, can we get your advice rather than yeah. Yeah. we're yeah. looking And we were still like, but... oh, it's storage, he's storage. It turns out we're more of a travel business. But go on I heard it. a phrase the other day. I can't remember who said it, but it was like, if you want, um, if you, if you, if you want investment, ask for advice, and if you want mm. advice, ask for investment. Yeah, I think I, that generally could be true. Like, it, it's worked out roughly that way for us, hasn't it? And, it? and certainly in Jim's case, we we kind of approached him saying, "Hey, you're a storage guy. We've got this storage concept that's not competitive, kind of adjacent. Mm. Be useful to get your advice." And um, I don't know what storage expertise we thought we were. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is where you put yeah. the yeah. stuff. Yeah. Put it in uh, the yeah. Actually, that is funny because when we when we did go meet him, he was like, "Come, come to my warehouse," and he gave us like this extensive tour of one of these. Yeah. His facilities and it was it was pretty cool. I mean, he had loads of stuff there, but we yeah. were kind of like, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's yeah. he's actually he's a nice storage expert. Have you thought about locking the door? Yeah. <laughs> he is, we he introduced is, it in our game changer. Yeah. <laughs> he is, however, one of the most insightful business guys. Actually, like we we've incidentally constructed our board kind of perfectly. Where like we have him on one side and he's like background more in like property investment accounting. Because yeah. really, if you think like people don't realize, big yellow storage, self storage businesses big ones they're valuable because they're property businesses it's a real estate yeah. Primarily yeah. Real estate. it's really they're a real estate, real estate business, business. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. like yeah they generate some yield doing the self-storage stuff but really yeah. the reason they're worth like a uh, hundred billion no a hundred million it, it's in the billions I think gross is value it? isn't it I'm oh yeah sure. they turn over like a hundred million the yeah, reason they turn over in the hundreds so, uh, the reason it's worth like a billion is because it's a huge property business mm-hmm. um, and his background is in property as an accountant I believe um, so he's kind of like our uh, I don't mean it in a negative way, but he's like our kind of old school business. Like he's still quite business grounded. Business about making yeah, 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 business yeah, is about yeah, making yeah, profit. Yeah. Business yeah. is about providing a real service. That kind of stuff, right? The really old school business. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just useful. And then on the other side, we have like the proper venture investors yeah. who are like you know think about growth, think yeah. about doing new things, right? And it's kind of you have this. And then ironically, we have the synthesis uh, as a board observer as well, which is like a venture fund who used to be operators and mostly ran their business the guys who ran cheapflights.com and Mondo okay um, so the guy we work with is called David Soskin he's great uh, fantastic uh, anecdotes as well okay uh, I'll, I'll come back to that um, 
but he's kind of the he guy who is the in balance. the middle. He's okay. like has run a tech company, grew it to hundreds of millions, sold it. Wow. Um, and did it largely profitably. And he's like, well, yeah, like you don't need to raise tons and tons of money. Like if you have a cash generative business, just reinvest your profits into mm. growing it. And it's more the model of double every year rather mm. than five X in a year. Yeah. Mm. So on, on that point then, I mean, I saw you guys raised, was it 2020? Was this just before COVID? Just before COVID. Just before COVID? Yeah, yeah. It was like two and a half million you guys raised. Yeah. How did you know you were ready to raise that kind of money? And, and what was the sort of process around that? That's I think in a specific question. Yeah, in, in, in respect to what we were just saying, that was probably at a time where tech was maybe still more more bubbling travel was just on a infinitely upward trend and we were kind of leaning more in the venture play of like yeah okay we've got like a model that works we've hired our sort mm. of fundamental team now we need to grow we've got channels we think we can repeat we can put more into ppc we can put more into partnerships yeah. we need to get more supply so we kind of we were at that tipping point where we were yeah. like we're ready to take it to the next yeah. level yeah uh, as, 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 as for the actual obviously yeah. Uh, yeah it was very convenient for surviving covid yeah. uh, but no so, so how do you come how do you know you're ready um and how do you pick the number I'll, I'll i suppose yeah it. kind of everything surrounding yeah. that number yeah, yeah, okay. so finding actually the investors finding the valuation actually going out right, pitching okay, okay. putting mm. pitch decks together everything around the investment process i think would be really interesting Oof, to get some, okay so yeah, i mean step one generally you raise money because you need money um so we were in a position where we weren't yet profitable like making the business profitable. We were at the early enough stage that making the business profitable was really unattractive. Whereas now it'd be like, okay, we could make the business profitable, but like we'd have to hold back a few hires or something like that, right? We're at that point- and, Yeah, we kind of try and run a break even more so. Whereas yeah. then we were very much in the sort of venture playbook of like, you raise, you burn, you grow, you raise, yeah, you yeah, burn, yeah, you yeah, grow. Yeah. So, like so part of it was like, okay, we are coming to the, like we have a finite runway as it stands. And we have X amount of time before we either need to really chase, change course or bring more money in. Um, and then we kind of look at, okay, we can see what levers are working. We can see what kind of headroom we have. Uh, we can see what the blockers in the business are just from operating it. In our case, it's like, okay, we think we need to improve the tech of the product. That means a reasonable rate we think we can grow the tech team without it being too disruptive would be three more developers or something. And you just pop it, you know, literally make a financial model and you work out, this is roughly the amount I need. And honestly, like the whole process of like how you approach venture investor well, approach will come to but the the finance of it is it's you know some people say more art than science it's not even art and science it's just heuristics it's like um what is the amount of money that you reasonably need to give you 18 months to two years of runway some people say to hit certain milestones really it's 18 months to two years yeah. of runway or into profitability um and you know obviously you should achieve some some good stuff in that 18 to 24 months mm. or be profitable mm, you know yeah. those are your two choices um so that's one part. Uh, then the other part is, depending on your stage as a business um, and depending on how large the market is that you're attacking, um, this, you know, let's say that, you know, in our case, you know, we're, we're not we're not idiots. Like, you know, we're not trying to, we're not- <laughs> That's the impression we like to get. Turn us off the break. Clickbait, are they idiots? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, YouTube, YouTube thumbnail. Um, we're not, like, we're not gonna, we're, you know, we're not gonna make a case unless it's around product expansion, new services, blah, blah, blah. We're not gonna make a case to investors like, oh, we're gonna turn over a billion doing this uh, thing that we're doing now, right? Um, so you need to kind of, t and we are also a business and it's more European than American thing that has real turnover. So then those two things kind of say like, okay, you can have a certain acceptable range multiple of your current revenue, right? Mm. Um, and What is that range out of interest? Uh, I would say in the current market, it depends. It does depend it, on the market. It hugely yeah. depends, right? Yeah. Um, and and like I said, like it, it also depends how how big and how how big the market is that you're attacking and how quickly you're growing. Because if you're if you're attacking a ridiculously huge market, 
um, and you're growing ridiculously quickly, you have really strong signs of product market fit, you're like a relatively unique business who's well positioned, you know, the multiple could be irrelevant. Like you could be turning over 500K and raise 100 million, right? Um, but if you're turning, you know, if you're doing real traction um, and you don't have a very clear argument as to how you're going to turn over 10 billion, you know, you're you're more saying like, okay, I'm going to turn over 100 to 200 million, then then you do have, have kind of more bounds that are like multiples of your revenue. Mm -hmm. um, and and then also basically the other thing is uh, the valuation basically is, well, you if you're doing, I'd say the absolute minimum five percent. It's like you you don't do a round for less than five percent. Um, and at the absolute max, 20, maybe 25%. Um, and so between those three or four things, you kind of, numbers pop out, right? You sort of do work it backwards from how much you're prepared to give away yeah. and how much you need, right? Is, yeah. is what you're yeah. saying. So, yeah. so we would look at the financial model. It would say like, okay, we need about, you know, oh, and the other, the other factor is how much interest is there? Um, yeah. But, you know, we'd look at the model and be like, okay, we can make one to three million work. Um, we're willing to give away 15%-ish, something like that, uh, 15 to 20 maybe. Um, and uh, I said five, five is actually really low. It's more like 10 to 20 is the normal barriers. Um, and, you know, this is roughly how much we're turning over. So we think we could, you know, justify a, a multiple a valuation that's a multiple of X. So let's say pre-market collapse, you know, if you're a real business doing real turnover, 10 to 20 X or even, even less, maybe like eight to 15 X, pretty reasonable. Current circumstances, maybe more like five to 12 and that would just be off the top line to turn over. Yeah, turn over. Sure. Uh, it okay. depends a little bit what, again, on depends your business. Depends on your business. Luckily, bit, I mean, right? our top yeah. line sort of correlates pretty much like one to two with our like net revenue. Okay. Uh, it, what I mean by that is like... Net revenue or gross profit? I'm really confused. Uh, don't, let's not go there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> business 101. <laughs> <laughs> just, yeah, depends on your, your accounting sort of principles. But more more the point was just like, because we take fairly high margin as we were discussing earlier in the episode, yep. you know, well, our, our gross revenue top line is... is yeah pretty well connected okay, to what yeah. we're actually doing as a business it's, whereas if you were a marketplace that got like a five percent margin and you were trying to multiply your top line then it'd be nonsense you know yeah. Yeah. airbnb obviously shouldn't do the transaction value the other thing is that we, we 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 agree with our host to pay them a fixed amount right so when we do product changes that increase the amount that we charge customers we actually retain more of it so it's a little different our reporting isn't quite like other marketplaces it is more relevant to, to report the top line transaction value mm -hmm. um but but yeah basically those are some multiple i'm okay. not really an expert in that stuff that's kind of uh, i think it's something like that at the moment i don't yeah. know Mm. I'm just picking up on the relationship between you two and I'm curious about what the division of like uh, responsibility and kind of areas of expertise is between the two of you. Ooh, can we hear you guess first? <laughs> <laughs> well, you're very intense. And you're, Ollie, I can't believe this. <laughs> I didn't say intense is a bad thing, but you're very much like, I mean, you, you, you reference mental models three times. Yeah. And that's great. Has anyone ever done this on this podcast those, before? It's like a stream of consciousness. I'm just listening to it, but it's mm. interesting because I've noticed that you will make a point and you'll drum all the specifics and then you will give kind of like a more palatable summary <laughs> that's a pretty good summary for the, for, the, for the layman for things that might go over their heads so i would say you're probably more you're probably more of an ops guy you're probably more of like Ooh, the actual it, like getting out getting all the details sorted and you see maybe maybe more customer facing but i don't know because you're, you're both pre interesting quite presentable. very presentable yeah, yeah. Oh, i can see you guys. i can actually see either of you playing that role that's what i mean yeah. i can see yeah, i can I see I can either see of you that. pitching like yeah. um but you seem maybe more of the numbers guy maybe i don't know interesting 
Man, we should switch <laughs> this. <Yeah. laughs> so Jake, Jake does more ops finance stuff. That's actually true, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, and Ange, uh, like more more the sort of marketing. And to be fair, we both do sales, pitching, yeah. and like also, the investment stuff. We co-founder do, stuff. We pretty strategy, much share that equally. HR. Like uh, for a long time, we kind of didn't really have formally divided roles. We just kind of hired people into yeah. the roles we needed. Mm. And yeah. it's, it's sort of naturally fallen in a certain way. But it, yeah. we have a, I mean, we have a joint to-do list. Like uh, yeah. our to-do list is kind of, it's, split of what we both need to do and a ridiculous number of tasks end up being like Jake and Dan. We need to agree on something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What was I, your, who was your, fa- oh, no, go on. Oh, I was just going to say that, I mean, you picked up already on this, but like, I think what does work quite well as a dynamic is that we do think quite differently uh, and, and that tends to have a sort of fairly Different but similar. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a sort of yin yang element. There's to definitely the a mental like, model That's a really good way because that's, <laughs> that's how I think we are. We're different but similar. Definitely. Yeah. I've just realised yeah. that. Mm. We come at things from very different perspectives, but we have the same kind of idea of where we want to go. We come at it from two different points of view. That's why I I like to think it's true of all relationships, but people often think use this specific terminology in uh, romantic relationships, where Mm. people use the two things where it's like, oh, like you need things in common, but then also people use uh, opposite things like opposite attract, which isn't true. It's not true. But I think the thing that you want is you want enough difference that you're bringing something. Particularly a working relationship is clearer. You want enough difference that you're each bringing something different. But the big important stuff, you need to be quite aligned yes. on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you want to be going in the same direction, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, we're united by our intense passion for storing bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They always say, follow your passion, wherever yeah. it is. What do you think the experience has been like? I mean, I'm sure it's been positive, but in terms of working with a friend, because we're really big on it. Yeah. And we've interviewed yeah. a bunch of co-founders that do work with friends or even family. Okay. Um, we're massive supporters of it. I okay. mean, I, I feel like the fact that I get to work with my best mate every day on something I enjoy. It's a blessing. Is yeah. such a blessing yeah i am going to tell you the opposite uh, <laughs> however however i'm going to bring it to you jake i think jake will jake will appreciate this um we work really well together right and actually we're friends but we studied together and worked together mm. and we we knew from the way that we studied that we worked together well mm. however we did originally have a third person we started with dun, 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 dun. Okay. and and he no matter how much i throttled yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. but no my, my actual answer is so like we said the first year that we started it we were thinking like oh this is a project to learn about startups right mm. yeah and so classic startup error we didn't really have any sort of legal uh, like literally we set up a business we didn't have any vesting or anything right we yeah. also didn't quite have the same long-term vision and approach and i mean yep. ultimately this was one of the yep. things where things broke down but... and we just we didn't we also didn't think like oh what are the so, so we said what are the you asked what roles you fill like i would say particularly if you work well together like you can you can have two non-tech people in a tech company and even then actually there's a weakness that you don't have a tech person but you can find that third yeah. person right mm-hmm. you should try and find a third tech person we were three non-tech people mm. and it was really just three uni mates who were like oh we want to start a business and and at that point you know being fully the guy was nice enough but like it was more one of those things where he was just kind of there and like it just feels silly when you're thinking of it as a project to be like no you can't do this yeah. project with yeah, us, right yeah, yeah. Mm. and then very soon when very soon it, as on the scale got business, more serious i think was was where it did start to uh, it became clear we weren't aligned couldn't work that well with him so i would actually say like not everyone who you're friends with you can work with the same way you know yeah, people yeah, have this experience with roommates right where like you can have a great friend and then you live with them and it's like i hate living yeah. with this person so mm-hmm. true it's I, so true yeah i think I, I i we've said this a million times i feel like he's probably the only friend that i think i could i've got one other friend i think i could work with but he's probably <laughs> Mate, you <laughs> 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 there we go <laughs> 
<laughs> you want back that earlier opinion, really? <laughs> I'm actually jumping shit. So. Uh, but yeah, no, it's, no I yeah, couldn't agree with that more. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Was, there any, so, was there any resentment there? Or do you think there's, it was mutual at, at the end? The when, third person. Yeah, yeah. The third person. Uh, uh, unfortunately, it's definitely resentment. Yeah, yeah okay. no, it, did, um, it didn't end well. I mean, it, it basically, part of the problem is that because we didn't have a vesting schedule, yeah. it was at the point where like it was seeming like it wasn't working, basically this person became very defensive and it was very it was very hard to work out anything because mm. basically they were like well you can't kick me out because I'll walk away with a third of the company and we're like well you can't do that because then you're going to kill the company yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah I mean you know he's a nice enough guy we're young there was yeah. you know how old were you at this, at this kind of time this would have been like 24 probably no yeah. younger than that 20 23 I think I'm probably 24 pro you must have been 20 I might have been 21 22 okay right Not right yeah. Yeah. With one year apart <laughs> no you turned 30 and you're turning 29 I, I was 21 when we started the business. Yeah. I was 20 was like when we started the business. Later. Okay, yeah, fine. So I was 20 to 22, 22, 23. Yep. Yeah. Can you... I was 23. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it matters. Yeah. Yeah. You said you're I was in the numbers guy. You're in your early 20s. You're in your early 20s. Can you, can you maybe touch on like actually how you went about um, dealing with the the actual process of getting rid of that guy because I think a lot yeah. of people I, I've known that I in the past I've definitely struggled with conflict I don't like mm. conflict I'd rather make everyone happy if I can I'm better but, at it now when I, I was think, younger but honestly I, it's yeah. practice I think I think we'd one. say the same though I mean I I don't know that we necessarily did it the best way at the time and it's something we've both had to get more comfortable with and actually yeah. I think it's it's kind of a maturing process like now we're in our late twenties yeah yeah um you feel you you you've just had so many more difficult conversations you've fired people you've yeah. you know had breakups had yeah. breakups yeah. right yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. this yeah. actually yeah. did feel yeah. at the time this felt like worse than a romantic breakup this was really difficult because it still felt like it affected so Two many areas. more people you know it was yeah. like we had all these staff that we were very conscious of like how were they it's not just you then in fact this is the problem the reason the problem is it we probably could have dealt with it we should have dealt with it earlier tricky thing yeah if we had if we had sorted out like a founders agreement we would have dealt with it much much earlier yeah, is yeah, the answer. Really but basically, because of that, we're like, uh, it's so hard to extricate them legally. We need to try and make it work, and then it just kept being painful to work with them. So my, mine. Sorry. No, no. I go was going to say my naivety would be that if you bring in investors on board, I would have thought investors would almost tell you to be putting that sort of stuff in place before they get on board. So well, then that's it, well, that's actually, unless it was like family and friends. No, 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 no. That's that's exactly what that's exactly what happened. Okay. It was right. when we brought investors on board that, that we yeah. then we had to in, in yeah. bring in that uh, structure which made it possible which is why yeah. we couldn't do it until we had staff and stuff how much of it do you think was because it was a third person do you think it's a, a case of like too many cooks or like no. you know do you, do you think I you think, could have run it with three, three, I think there, there are definitely the right combos you definitely yeah. can make it work I think, you look at Airbnb and, and other examples yeah, they yeah. Did. I think, it's about complementary skill sets and also yeah. I'd say it probably links to the roommate thing too it is, it's kind of a culture thing and I think yeah. where yeah. things broke oh. down for us was that we and the great thing since has been Ant and I have been very aligned on culture and like yeah. you know it's not that you necessarily have to agree all the time in fact it's often not a bad thing when you do disagree but you yep. you sort of you have mature ways of resolving it and you yeah. kind of like you lean on who sort of feels more strongly about yeah. different things um, yeah. but in that case I just I remember at the time when there were three of us we had this horrible culture of blame like you know we'd we'd try and decide things and then someone be yeah. like oh i disagree with that and then you'd hold people like you'd be like oh that was your fault yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. And, and actually when, doesn't it? yeah in, and it's, it's easy to blame he, it on when, that person but we also just weren't taking it seriously it, it, enough it all would have been easier thinking sure. like serious yeah. as a business yeah. and then things like okay well we're not working well together fine like it, the thing is it doesn't need to be the most Im interesting thing was like employees and investors didn't care as much as we thought and yeah, you kind of realize that was oh, a business like it is business like mm -hmm. of course you know we're people and stuff but 
it you, you don't need to be so em- emotive sometimes yeah. like yeah. sometimes yeah. like even if even if it's like oh you know hey this isn't a fit anymore it's like okay great cool like but i think that <laughs> takes time though i feel like that that develops maturity. over time it's maturity mm. exactly we've had other people on the podcast like akash for example that came on saying as a ceo running a huge business you have to have that mental stability of not getting annoyed yeah. when things go mm-hmm. badly mm-hmm. but also not getting really excitable when things go well is having that sort of level yeah level approach throughout it exactly. but that just yeah that takes time what does um, culture mean to you because culture is a word i think that's thrown around <clears> a lot especially in the startup era where mm. it's like you know really great culture great mm. work-life culture coffee mm. machines like you know, <laughs> great culture what does culture mm. actually, I think it's a very big buzzword and I want to know what it actually means to I you. Think, okay, I'm, I'm trying to think of a few I can, I can ways go to describe go-go. A couple of quick things. I mean, I think the things that form a culture are kind of the habits of a company. So like mm. the routines and the things you sort of make as like repeating actions, those kind yeah. of inform the culture. And then the other things that really drive it are who you hire, fire and and promote. Yeah. Like that's, mm. those are, I didn't what come up with either of those per- things, but yeah. those kind of give really strong signals mm. but really I, I think so we kind of define it as the environment right it's yeah, just like having it's, it's, that sort of it sounds the so vibes like vibes you know some, some of it is also some of it is also like what are the norms I, one like hard way of defining it is like what are the boundaries of mm. like acceptable behaviour mm. yeah yeah. Um, that's one way of testing a culture maybe not defining it um, but a lot of it is the normative stuff like wh- given no impetus or instruction like how do people behave like you know do people I don't. Do people take ownership of things? Do people blame each other? Uh, do is it is it someone's first recourse to organize a meeting or to go and do something? You know, like mm-hmm. those are all examples. So so habits and boundaries. Yeah. Um, I'm very conscious of the fact this. I feel like this could go for hours, but I'm really good. Actually, I've just looked at the time. I yeah, didn't realize it, yeah. I didn't, I didn't okay. it got that quick. Where, yeah. Don't worry, don't which worry. Which is a good sign. Yeah. Okay, um, that is a good sign. We'll have to we'll, we'll have do to it round two, round two, and 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 also hang out off air because it's been so much fun. Yeah, um, it's been great. Before we round off to our last question, I did just quickly want to touch on. Um, do you have any advice for people when it comes to raising funding? Because I mean, that's quite an intimidating process for a lot of people, and like mm. I don't even know how you know. Especially when I think if you're a new business, you already have a lot of imposter syndrome. Yeah. And the idea of going to a fund, you know, mm. is such a big daunting thing. You think of you know people way older than you way more expertise than you and you kind of have the Im- image i assume in your head of like they're gonna laugh me out the fucking room like you want four million from me <laughs> so how would you go about raising funding and what advice do you have for that it, it kind of depends what kind you're, you're talking about are you talking about vc funding specifically or just or just in general because um, i suppose your approach is a little bit different speak depending. to vc but i mean if you have any specific points and the others go for it but mm. i'd say mainly like more institutional I mean, this is this is highly biased by our own experience, but obviously raising from angels first and having having like a really good business angel on the board has really helped us and held us in good stead because it wasn't as intense a process as going mm. through like a sort of yep. VC diligence round. Definitely, like if you're UK based and you're, oh, you're SAS, if you're the young yeah. if you're the sort of person who is intimidated by that, start with SAS, right? Yeah. Like it will be the easiest round that you ever will raise, and you'll learn a lot through the process. Mm. I used to raise funds for SEIS. That's what my, my job was. For anyone at home, right. can, you, can you explain what SEIS is? Oh, it's it's a tax scheme. You get 50% back as income tax. If the company fails, you get another, whatever your tax rate is. So 40, 45, 25, whatever that is, uh, back as a tax break. And if you hold the stock for three years, you pay no capital gains tax. So basically, it will be much, much, much easier to raise that money. And also those investors are gonna be much more chill because much less of the money is actually on the hook. Yeah, yeah. yeah just de-risk things for investors. It's yeah. the seed enterprise investment scheme, if I recall correctly. That is exactly it. And yeah. I think loss relief was 40% when I was raising for it. That was like- It depends what your tax ago. bracket is, but yeah. yeah. That's why you're the numbers guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cool. Um, guys, we round off with the same question with all of our guests basically at the end of every episode. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously the point of our podcast is practical and we mm-hmm. like to drill into the practical and the actionable, which I think mm-hmm. you're gonna smash on this because you guys uh-huh. are both very practical. Um, if you could give one piece of advice for someone who's looking to either start a business or maybe they're already running one, mm. one piece of actionable advice, what would that be? Ooh. Uh, I you have can one. give one each, by the way. If you uh, want. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go first. You go first. 
Um, I think a lot of people have this idea that you need to be um, there's like this kind of glorified idea that you need to be taking huge risks and like sacrificing your career and stuff. Like, I think you can take pretty reasonable steps to actually get stuff relatively, you know, try things out, test them, get things off the ground alongside another job. I mean, granted, if you're doing investment banking, probably not. Mm. But, you know, if you're doing a corporate gig, you, you can actually dabble a bit and kind of side hustle a little bit, see if you enjoy it, see if it has like a little bit of uptake, get some validation before you just jump in. Mm-hmm. Like th- this, the idea... The idea that entrepreneurs take tons of risk is actually factually totally incorrect. It's more that you take very high risk based on like people who aren't conditioning on what you know, right? It seems like you're taking a lot of risk. You're actually taking calculated risks and you have information that says that the risk is much lower than other people are pricing it at. That's a very good way of putting it. It's a really good way of putting, putting, yeah. putting it. I've got, a, I've got a slightly controversial one. It's not that controversial. But Kill you, people. You, <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid. So, <laughs> no, if, you, if you wanted to really simplify the model of how businesses work, you, you basically have something to sell and you need a way of selling it. And I think uh, normally by nature, entrepreneurs get very excited about the first part, the product part, and like, you know, that's the thing you can control. So you put a lot of time into like, I'm going to make, even like thinking of us with our podcast we were talking earlier, like we put so much time into the content and we're like, yeah, this is so, everyday things. Yeah, <laughs> nice plug. This is like, this is the bit we can control and it's the fun part. But I think people generally massively underweight how much you need to put time into like the, how you sell it part, the marketing part. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, we were talking earlier about Facebook ads and stuff and kind of joking about that. But it's not normally as simple as like you just put some ads on social media. So I'd say when you're starting out, you want to kind of MVP the first part, get get the sort of minimum basic or minimum delightful thing up. But mm. you really are testing to see how do I sell this? Like how, yeah. how can I get this to market? How can I get people to buy it? And I think people don't tend to put enough weight on that part. So I would right, say right, right. like we, and this was something we were kind of, lucky with i suppose but we we nailed it with the ppc because yeah. we hadn't had that experience from the agency and, and I've, it just I've heard this this expression in. yeah the expression min, uh, minimum viable channel MV, oh, yeah. mvc well there we yeah. go oh, this is this okay. is nice so the yeah. same like it's if you have an amazing product but there's no feasible way to distribute it you don't have a business right. and I, I think to, to what jake says i think it's peter teal um where he says like okay product great distribution beats great product bad dist- mm, uh, okay yeah. distribution great point Great point. Guys, this has been an amazing interview. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, right as one of our cameras has just turned <laughs> <just, just, laughs> yeah. um, Guys, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at the Morality Everyday Things podcast. You can find um, us at Stasher, Anthony at Stasher. Uh, Jacob at Stasher.com. Obviously, Stasher.com is the business. Do check it out. We're yep. on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Uh, Twitter. I sometimes tweet. I don't really tweet though. But it, yeah, you're welcome to follow me there. Perfect. Guys, awesome. thank you so much for being it's here. Such a good chat. Thank Thanks you so much for having us. Guys, what thank an amazing you. interview. That time flew by. If you enjoyed it, subscribe, turn on post notifications. And if you are listening on audio, then please do rate us five stars and leave a review. We've got many more amazing guests coming on. Um, but for now, thanks so much, guys, for coming on. And uh, yeah, we'll Thanks see you guys next time. Take care. Thank, thank you. you. Cheers.